Hi everyone, uh, we've had a break from podcasts lately uh, as I've been travelling and doing various talks up and down the country uh, and I'm just back f- uh, from Portugal. Um, so I hope these uh, Spurs people listening to us tonight because we've all got a lot of disappointment uh, hangover from yesterday. So, um, of course, Howard, welcome, and Tom, also welcome. Thank you for joining in, as ever. Um, although I say I've been travelling and talking, I, I've also lost a little bit of passion for it, I suppose, because of the the performances have been so disappointing. And you just can't keep saying the same things all the time so um in a way i was dipping out but hopefully i'm not dipping out tonight so um troubled times developments today uh within the white heart lane walls so uh we're in danger of having a new song called uh another one bites the dust so uh Tom being the younger element to our support and Howard, if you don't more mind, Howard, the more mature man, as I can see by your Tottenham away kit you're wearing. So um, I'd like to hear your take on things, cover what you want, uh, you know, talk for five minutes each, say, and then I want to come in after that, if you don't mind. So uh, Howard, would you like to start us? Sure. Go. Carry on. Go. I've been going to Tottenham for over 50 years. So I don't want to sound like one of these old fogies who talk about it. During my time, it was different their time, but you know, see better than anybody else how much it has changed. But I have stuck with the thesis for years that that the football club is difficult to run. And the only way you're going to get a club to be successful is for the two most important people in that club to know each other, understand each other, and work together for the common good. That's the chairman and the manager. And for years, I think Tottenham has struggled since Daniel's been in the world for 20 odd years, and before that sugar, and there wasn't a great relationship between the chairman and the manager. The closest we got to it was Poch's few years, where we started to be the same, the same way we were before. And I know people like Stevie from that era, from the earlier era, recognised themselves in, in Poshy's attitude. It was all going beautifully. They, they got together when they first joined the club. They went um, white river rafting. They did things together with themselves, with families. It was great. And then you started to get rumours of things going wrong in the club. And once those rumours start, especially in a club like Tottenham, they're going to split, spread like wildfire. So they reached a point, I don't know the whole story because I wasn't in the room. But there clearly was a problem between Daniel and Bosch. And we've all seen the last few days the idea that Chelsea are going to take and employ Bosch. Bosch. Um, it's going to happen because currently the two, whoever it is in charge of Chelsea, is going to work with them. But losing my thread here for a second, um, I, I need, we need for the success for these two, the two people to work together. 
It hasn't happened in recent years. I don't think it will happen now unless there is a change of senior management. And I'm sure that the vast majority of Spurs fans feel the same way, not necessarily for the same reasons, but we all go, we all tend to go in the same direction, but they don't. Yeah. So yeah. meanwhile, we're, we're playing yesterday's possibly the first 20 minutes was probably the worst, worst, worst experience I've ever had at Tottenham. And there doesn't seem to be the situation where there aren't any leaders there, so there aren't leaders who are getting hold of the younger players and shaking them up a bit and getting them going. The older ones look like couldn't, they couldn't be bothered; they just want to get out of the, out of the scene as soon as they can. And it's very, very upsetting to those of us who really care. Yeah, I can hear your anger, Howard. Was there a time when Potch wrote that book? Yeah, which I'm sure you read. Yeah. Did he allow a bit too much out then, specifically about the players? Yes. That maybe he was ill-advised to do that? Yeah, I certainly got the feeling at the time when I was reading the book thinking, not, not sure about this, also because I, because I knew, you know, knew him and other players for years, that I've recognised that you all tend to be very sensitive people, actually. Yeah. And, and there's a de definite reaction to that. And this seems to be going down the road of, Cutting out, push with everything went on. Yeah, yeah. And um, I see that we now have a players committee. Yes. Uh, I wonder what the role of that committee is as per making comments about the manager to the chairman. And, you know, we talk about downing tools and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe these are easy things to say from the outside and we are on the outside and don't let anyone think I'm anywhere on the inside because I'm not. But um, chairman obviously speak to players, probably rightly so, before they make changes. And I would assume when Conte's uh, outburst was uh, was rewarded with the sack then the players would have been asked about employing Stellini I can't believe that the players were not involved with Stellini being in charge which makes it even sadder because that looks to me to be a very poor decision and I'm going to talk about that later, if you don't mind. So, Tom, well done, Howard. So, Tom, from the younger element of the club, you've not seen so much success, have you? Unlike Howard, and I've tasted it personally. Um, where, where do you sit on all this lately, as per what's going on? It's just a total mess. I mean, I think, I think what happened yesterday is the culmination of... Um, Probably the last few years, really. I think since since um, the Champions League final, we've just been on a downward curve. Um, I think what's what's quite interesting is that, you know, if, when Conte left, I think we were one point off third, and then you think that we were, you know, the Southampton last minute equaliser, uh, Everton late equaliser, but took my took my lad to the Bournemouth game the weekend before last, and um, and obviously like Richarlison nearly scored a winner in the last minute and we ended up conceding at the end so there's been a lot of fine margins lately but I think that even if those had gone our way it would just be papering over 
some chasmic cracks which have have just been visible for the last um the last few years really and um you know yeah we're we're, we're fifth and like you look at teams that are suffering badly in 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 much worse ways than we are so uh, but you know everything everything's relative and like when it comes to how we feel about our club um certainly i i, I with howard in terms of the the kind of despair i feel at, at how everything is at the moment um i think that it was absolutely balmy to whether it's whether the players committee was involved or not i think it was balmy to keep stellini on um when conte left you know w- that kind of whole style of play um, has been a big issue for 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 for, for the last for the last, well this season uh, as a minimum. Um, we've just been I can't count on probably less than one I can count on less than one hand the amount of kind of thrilling, enjoyable performances we've had this season. We've kept Stellini on um, since. Yeah, on the on on the day Conte left, we got told Stellini's going to stay for the for the rest of the season. He's his number two. He has plays. Yeah, we, we, we've got it. Just keeps the team um, in that kind of in the same frame of mind exactly. The same Whereas, and you just think like, yeah, we've now fired the interim boss. I don't know if there's ever been like an interim interim um, before because and 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 it just seems to me like anyone any one of us could have seen that coming like that that it just wasn't going to work with Stellini then you wonder was it like a financial thing in order to kind of like avoid some kind of bigger compensation payoffs i got no idea but i just can't understand why um that was why he was why he was given that role to the end of the season rather than i mean obviously we've got Ryan Mason now and 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 he did he did okay the during the period sure. that he had before, but um, I think it was it was a quarter, we had a quarter of a season to go when yep. Conte left, and it just seems like we just like Daniel's just thrown it away, um, and we're chasing the fourth spot. We were there, we were we were a point behind third, if I remember rightly, when yeah. when, when Conte left, or we were or, or or if we'd have held on against um, Southampton, we'd have gone third, and yeah. and, and we didn't, and so, so we were in a we, we, yeah we were in a strong position, even though as I said we'd been playing abysmally we've been having some yeah we, we, we've kind of glossed over some of the performances because we've been we've stayed there or thereabouts throughout the season we've kind of been thinking right okay you know we're getting results and it'll click soon and we'll play yeah we'll start hopefully playing some good football uh to go with that but that's just yeah we we just seem further away than ever um in terms of being able to play some 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 good football yeah. at the moment and i just it, yeah. Yes. Yesterday, those first twenty minutes were 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 horrific, absolutely horrific, and um, they looked like they'd been sent out without a plan. You know, people had been clamouring for four at the back rather than five, but I don't think any of us meant that with Perisic and Poro as the as, as the fullbacks when they're both clearly wingbacks. And yeah, you know, very much so. So, um, you know, I think I think it just seems like we're we're about to be back to square one for a rebuild and um you know i'm sure i'm i'm, I'm sure the, these things happen we go in peaks and troughs but uh right now we're in a massive swilly trough and um i can't wait to get out yeah. of it because uh it's um it, yeah I'm, I'm not i'm not going on thursday i've given my ticket to a friend because um because it's a midweek game in 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 london and um you know my wife's got a busy day at work the next day and i just uh didn't even feel like i wanted to have the argument about 
about going sure. to be honest this week. Sure. So um yeah. Can I talk can I talk thank you, Tom. Can I talk from the Stellini viewpoint? Because I've been in that situation. When Ozzy got the sack, I was assistant manager. I was therefore caretaker manager for two weeks, played one game. And basically, if you ask me the questions, would you have preferred to walk out with Ozzy? Yes, I would. Ozzy was the man who took me there, like Conte took Stellini there. And when your man gets a sack, you want to go with him. The reason you can't is because if you resign and walk out, you don't get paid. And anyone who signs a contract and is sacked gets paid up. That sounds like I'm money mad. It's not. But if someone, if someone is good enough to give you a contract and then finish it, they deserve to pay it up. That's my opinion. So uh, Sugar says to me, I want you to be caretaker manager. Do you want it? So I said, I'm your employee. I will do whatever you say. So he said, yeah, I want you to be because if it's not you, it'll have to be bloody Mabbott or Klinsman. And this is how he spoke. So I did the job. Hoping and praying to get the sack. Not that I didn't try. I've got too much respect for myself not to try. And I'm sure Stellini has tried his hardest. But if you think about it, who is going to give Stellini his next job? Conte or Tottenham Hotspur? Not a chance of being Tottenham Hotspur. Not a chance. So he's not going to make any decisions that mug... His mentor, Conte, is he? And actually a change of system after all this time, in a way is going a little bit against Conte's way, but be it through injuries or whatever decision he made, he did it, I think, for the best of that he thought he was doing his job. So do you think he's disappointed tonight that he's got the sack? Absolutely not. I jumped for joy out of Tottenham when I was told that I wasn't wanted anymore because I didn't personally want to be anywhere near sugar. And if someone was going to sack me, you're going to have to sack me. It's not me going to tell you to stick your job, uh, job where the sun don't shine. That was not going to happen because that would be a sacking and therefore you don't get paid. So I don't quite understand whether when people were saying, Will Stellini stay on after the end of this season? Will he, you know, should he get the sack? Shouldn't he get the sack? I'm telling you, he's delighted. And that's no disrespect for him. He's delighted to go and join his mate back in Italy, waiting for their next job, of course. So let me see, tell you where I think the problems lie. I think the problems lie in the fact that, okay, I'm like you, Howard, I'm going to talk about the old days. And the old days does not mean to say it's necessarily right or wrong. But the old days for me were Bill Nicholson, who I signed for, Terry Neal before he resigned, and Keith Birkinshaw. There was a fourth manager, Peter Shreves, but I'm not going to talk about that. But he was appointed by Irving Scholar, 
And this is no disrespect, particularly to Peter Shreves, but it is disrespect to Scholar. Because I, I absolutely don't rate him one iota. So I'm going to talk about the three, three managers. So the story goes that 15-year-old Steve Perriman signs for Bill Nicholson. At 17, Steve Perriman gets in the team. That tells you I made the right decision on Bill Nicholson and Tottenham Hotspur. Of course, they made the right decision on me as well, I hope. So Steve Perriman's in the team and Bill Nick's delighted with him because he's bringing something to the team that they didn't have at that point, And that was legs. So I was brought in for legs, young legs, which actually wasn't my game, but that's another story. So I'm running about and for instance, I'm now wondering who is setting the tone at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club within the last, since Poch, who's setting the tone? I, I, I asked this question on Friday, a talking Cobham, and the question came back to me, describe setting the tone. I'll tell you what setting the tone is. Setting the tone is, I'm 17, I'm just in the team, I'm travelling from West London, our instruction is, in that dressing room by 9.30 and we train from 10 o'clock. I plan my journey to get there at 9.15. Of course, there's bad days, there's chemical spillage on the North Circular or whatever. And I end up getting in at 9.40. Remember, we train at 10. I walk in, my head bowed. I'm looking at the floor. I don't want to look at the gaze or the glare of Bill Nicholson, who's changing in that room with us. And someone like Nolsey, who very, was very funny, would say, Steve, is there something on the floor you're looking for? And then I'd have to raise my head and look at Bill Nicholson, and he's sort of not smiling. So about five minutes later, Bill says, Steve, what time did you leave here yesterday? About two o'clock. So you had two o'clock from two o'clock yesterday to 9.30 this morning to get in on time. Was that not enough time? So although he didn't call a meeting about timing, everyone in that room knew that if it was them that was late, they would get similar. So that's putting an emphasis on we're all in this together. We all play by the same rules. And that's what Bill Nicholson was about. So he, he set the tone in discipline, lifestyle, standards, manners. Basically, what he was saying was, this is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. This is what we do, and this is how we do it. So that's setting the tone. So if you're on the same page from Monday to Friday, you've got more chance of being on the same page on Saturday. So what that does, it doesn't guarantee a result, obviously not, but you've got more chance of getting the result that you need if you're on the same page. And of course, this involves tactics and the way to play 
and the sayings of what Tottenham Hotspur stand for and the ball goes out of play, come alive, etc. One ball back, the next one should go forward and through. That we all have to live by, whether you're Steve Ferryman or you're Jimmy Greaves. So, so, there's so many layers of management now. There's the man on the yacht in the Bahamas. There's Daniel Levy. There's a board of directors. There's someone who looks after the recruitment. There's probably a chief executive or a, what we would call a club secretary. There's this man we've employed now, this Australian, that no one has ever heard of or knows, but he might be the best signing ever. And you've got all these layers. Between Bill Nicholson and Keith Birkenshaw, even Terry Neal, there was one layer. It was that manager dealing with that board of directors. When those board of directors gave Bill the job or Keith the job or Terry Neal the job, they then stepped back. They stepped back because you are the man. We trust you. You do the job. It's your responsibility. They didn't want to be in the papers. They didn't want everyone to know their name. But they had the, the benefit of all the extras that you get being a director, be it on the travel or tours or whatever it was. So imagine how many layers of conversation there is if the manager, be it Conte, Mourinho, whoever, wants to buy a player. All those other people have all got an opinion. Life is much more difficult this modern day to manage than it ever was for Bill Nicholson and Keith Birkenshaw. Too many layers, too many levels. So what that tells you is that if Bill Nicholson made a mistake, and he did make a mistake, swapping Jimmy Robertson for David Jenkins, after a month, we Howard didn't we? We all knew that Absolutely. was a mistake. Worst, worst player ever seen. Absolute mistake. So Bill can't water that down and make out it's the chairman or it's the board or it's the owner or it's the recruitment man. It's his mistake. And he had broad enough shoulders to take the hit on that mistake. And obviously, a successful manager makes a hell of a lot more correct decisions than he does bad decisions like he made. Keith Birkenshaw. So I've, I've played for the two most successful managers in Tottenham's history. Keith Birkenshaw made a horrific mistake with Pat Jennings. Pat Jennings was allowed in the end, not that Keith knew that, but allowed to go to Arsenal. Mistake. Keith could not water that down. That was no one else's fault. His responsibility his judgment, his mistake. So they get the success and they get the failures. Be it as a team, as, a, as individual buy and sell, they lived on, on their decisions and, and were big enough to deal with it. So I think that's the better way than what we've got today. Of about six different layers or one layer of the manager dealing with, and for instance, I'm going to pick a name, say Mike England. I, I don't know that this happened, but if Mike England had a row with Bill Nicholson over money, over tactics, over anything, and at the end of their discussion, he said, I'm going to go and speak to the board. You know what the board would have said? 
go back and see Bill Nicholson. He's the one that you deal with. So now, so when I told you about me getting in the team at 17 and I produced the legs, I was running about like a blue ass fly. My brother said to me, Ted, and it's in my book, Steve, I'm not watching you anymore because you used to be a footballer and now you're a runner. And I said to Ted, Ted, listen, who am I going to keep happiest, you or Bill Nicholson? And Bill Nicholson picks the team. He says, Steve, that's fine. Ted was right because Ted was thinking about me. Bill was thinking about his team. So he's right as well. So actually, they're both right. Only my brother could have said that to me. Nobody else, no friends, no grandfather, no mother, nothing. Now the players have about 20 people around them. Agents, lawyers, accountants, wives, fitness gurus. Everyone has got an opinion on that player, what he should do for himself. What's that going to do to the team? Do you think they're all on the same page? I tell you, they got so many people pulling them in different directions. So let's go on to what I what I think about Sunday. Remember, I'm asking the question: who is setting the tone? And you know what I think setting the tone? Daniel Levy. And I think the tone that's set is about pound notes. I think pound notes rule the tone. I don't like saying that, but that's what I think. Because I don't see a foreign manager coming in unless he's caring like Poch. Does Daniel understand about teamwork, togetherness, tactics? How you fit together as a team? He can't do it. He understands business and, and very good at that. Very good. Keep at that and stay out of the other bit. If he finds a man as good at football judgments as he is at business judgments, we got a chance. But bearing in mind, he wouldn't like the football man to get busy in, in his business decisions. And therefore, Daniel, don't get busy on the football decisions that someone should have the sole responsibility for that. So I thought that we were, we looked overpaid, overpriced, overpampered, but not prepared to do any overtime. And certainly not overworked. Did you see, did you see one of our players, or maybe even more, it's just what's on camera, our players swapping shirts with the Newcastle player? Where is it? See it, Tom? Two at, two at the end, yeah. So that's where I'm saying yeah. nobody's setting the tone. We're Tottenham Hotspur, we don't do that. If you'd, have been a, if you'd have been attached to that performance, you wouldn't want anything that remembers, that reminds you of that performance. That was such a disgusting performance on behalf of all those people that travelled up there. 
and the ones watching on television like us, the lazy ones. And those people sang their hearts out for our club. They showed more passion in their support of their club. It's their club. It's my club. It's our club. But it doesn't seem like that at the minute. I think it was a very, very, very poor, very poor performance. So let's come back to the to the my old theme. No tempo. No tempo. Did they have tempo, Howard? No. Not at all. Did Newcastle have tempo? More than we did, but not much. Tempo. But that crowd, you had to have tempo with that crowd. They were no better than our crowd. Our home crowd, by the way, in terms of numbers. But they had tempo. And it looked like they won every ball off the back of that tempo. It looked like they wanted the ball more than we did. And I've got I've got to ask the, the question. The environment is wrong at Tottenham. If no one is picking these players up on various things that we happen to see now and again, like swapping shirts, like kissing and cuddling in the tunnel before they go out, that's not proper. That's not proper. Have you seen the videos of our players warming up in the in the sort of weight room before they go out and train? Have you seen that, Tom? Yep. Hugging and kissing. And can you imagine Dave Mackay doing that to any of us? Can you imagine Mike England doing that? You were lucky if they said to you, "Do you have a good weekend, Steve?" That's about as cosy as it got. They're all too cosy. They're all too cosy. We got we got Conte telling us that Dyer is going to be world class. Have you seen world class? Yes. Yeah. It's not he that. Went, he went to the World Cup. He went to the World Cup. I'll give him that, which I never did. World class. When you miss a challenge and then you recover to your goal, you recover. Because the ball is closer to your goal than you are, you recover at pace, at tempo. No. No. Too cool for school. How do I look? No, absolutely. I, the goalkeeper, really, I don't, I don't want to talk ill of him because he's been a great player and a good servant. But his time's up. Absolutely time's up. I felt sorry for the youngsters in midfield because they got a chasing. And yeah, how long how long has our midfield got a chasing? I felt really bad for Saar. He got he, he was almost because he, he's uh he's he's been a bright light when he's when when he, when he's played and yeah yeah he's been hooked off in yeah he gets made a scapegoat on more than one occasion for 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 for, for the performances of those around him, not not him, as far as I'm concerned. He's a young young kid, um, who's absolutely who, who, who looks like he's got something about him. But you know, he's been he's been. I don't know what we're doing to his career at the moment, but it's it's not good. It's not good. Absolutely not good. And was there leadership on the field? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it, and that's that's the knock at Harry because he was he was. 
captain for the second half, I'm assuming. But, you know, some of them are laughing with the, with the opponents at the end and putting their, their, their hands over their mouths so we can't see what they're saying. And you can see in their eyes that some of them are smiling. Where's that? What have they got to smile about, having played like that? I'm talking as someone who got relegated, who got beat seven at Liverpool, but a top, top, top team, Liverpool. And I think we gave it back to them when they in the second game of that season, by the way. And, and got relegated. I led the relegation. But if anyone wants to tell me we went down like they went down the other day, it was the most depressing I've ever been. I, I and I've still not got over it. So um so we need a manager that is in control of what he can control. Bringing in of players, buying of players, letting players go. It looks to me like we don't get rid of I come back to the same thing. Chelsea four times last year didn't lay a glove on them. If we used 18 players, 12 of them are the same of those 18. And we think that a new manager is just going to turn them all around. They're either weak mentally or they're not. And I don't think anyone that chooses our players these days is looking at the mentality. When we buy a tough, a tough guy like Romero, he's mostly out of control. Mostly out of control. And he looks like he's... Uh, the environment has affected him. Maybe winning the World Cup has affected him. Maybe. Very sad. Very sad. If you're a Tottenham supporter, over the last 24 hours, 30, 30 hours, you're a very, very disappointed person, as, as we all are. Anything to add, chaps? Brian Mason, is he the right man? How do I explain what's going on to my grandson? Yeah, I've, exactly. I haven't told my son. <laughs> you know, he still he's, he still hasn't quite gotten over. Um, well, I mean, as I say, he came to the um, Bournemouth game and um, was there for the last minute winner on their front. Um, we uh, made up for it by having a little um, meet with uh, Mickey and Gary Mabbott and Pat Jennings and yeah. Um, yeah. Neil Ruddock and Paul Parker, of all people, was there as well. Um, so uh, so that um, cheered him up, but um, but yeah, I haven't actually told him that we played yesterday because um, I mean I'm sure one of his Arsenal friends at school probably told him today, but it's hard. I don't want to say to him like yeah. you, you don't know how to say it really. When we do step away from it, and we see what's going on this season. Arsenal, who I detest with a fibre of my being, but I admire what they've done because they did exactly what, what we said at the beginning. The che chairman. Met with Arteta. Arteta said, "This is what I want to do." They discussed it clearly at great length, and they've gone away and done it. Hopefully, they won't win the league. That's the only consolation. Well, the problem is with that, Howard, and and you're absolutely right. If they don't win it this year, they're probably going to win it next. And that's what happens where the manager takes control. A Shankly or Ferguson or Steen, Nicholson, Birkenshaw, you name them, all the strong managers. 
They live and die for their club. And they're happy to take the knock when they make a mistake. As they do. They all do. There's not a manager alive that doesn't make a, a mistake somewhere along the line. I have a problem with the players' committee. What power have they got? Have they got? Do they throw managers under the bus? Because if they do, that's a very, very poor culture. Can they go above the manager and talk to the the uh, chairman, the board? Did you hear that interview with um, Wenger? About yes. Would he let the Would he let the chairman come in and talk to? to his players like the Chelsea chairman did. It was in his contract that that can't happen. That's how important it is to a manager that he's not undermined. And one of the reasons he said, Tom, I don't know if you heard it, one of the reasons he said, because sometimes when they do it, they get the next result. And it's got nothing to do with their words. It's got to do with they got good players. So I think we've got a, a lot to think about. Um, people that went up to Newcastle said that there was such a good, a feel-good factor in that ground by those supporters who, before this new takeover, were depressed. Afterwards, they said to my mate, is Daniel Levy our Mike Ashley? Let's see. Let's see. But that club has been turned around on its head, hasn't it? With a manager that struggled somewhere else. With a manager of the ilk that our supporters actually wouldn't be happy with. If we had appointed him, instead of going to, to Newcastle, he came to us and say, yeah, but look, look what he didn't do at Bournemouth. So it's about allowing your manager... Trust in your decision, whoever you make manager, trust him to get on with it. Knowing that there are going to be mistakes along the way, but hopefully you make a lot better, more better decisions along the way to cover up the, not that they need covering up, it's out in the open, everyone knows. A mistake's a mistake. So, um, yeah. Sad day, but I'm pleased I've got that off my chest. Let someone, let someone have the responsibility and let's run with it. Run with the, the correct manager, making as many good decisions as he can. And um, we, we might be a couple, two or three years away. Arsenal have turned it round in a shorter time than that. But they did it with some tough decisions. Yeah. And it's tough decisions made by a tough man. Yeah. So, how's life, chaps? Great. Family's well. Can't complain. Good. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. Howard, how are your lot? Oh, good. Thank you. Brett's just um, got a gig in a 2,500-seater stadium theatre in San Francisco. 2,500? Yeah. And the seats went on this morning at 9 o'clock. And 10 past 9, they were sold out. Wow. 
good on him. Wow. Howard, that's big. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's big. Um, well done him. I mean, he's on a roller coaster of success, isn't he? Amazing, mate. just astonishing. Amazing. And I'm going to bring it all back down to earth. Our flight from Faro was 10.30 on Thursday night. At 11.30, the plane pulled in an hour late, came in front of us where we all sat in departure lounge. And at 11.35, they cancelled it. And we were told to go to a local hotel and pay for our own taxis and we'll get it back in the morning. And your flight's going to go 12.30 tomorrow. And I said, is that a guarantee? And they said, well, there's no guarantees. So we booked on another flight and we've just been told because of ex it was extraordinary circumstances. So you get no compensation and no expenses refunded all because of a problem at Newcastle Control Tower. So Newcastle has dominated my weekend. Absolutely dominated it. So I'm going to warn everyone now, EasyJet is not so EasyJet. Take that on board. So uh, I've got mates calling Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. It's turned into Tottenham Hotspur Revolving Door. Yep. That's about right. So the church bells are ringing. Life is not bad. Our football at the moment is very poor. But um, let's get back to it. Come on, you Spurs. Start making some good decisions. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. It's been a hard, hard, hard slog, this one. But um, therapeutic. Being out, being out the way. Well done. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Much appreciated. Up the Spurs. Come on. Mm -hmm.